0: Now, fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Matt Lauer,
1: the $20 million a year co-host of the Today Show, is the latest alpha male to fall in the current sweep of sexual harassment and assault accusations. Interestingly, NBC's explanation cites inappropriate sexual behavior, which could be something very different from assault or harassment. The company also said this comes after a detailed complaint from a colleague earlier this week. Hey, it's Wednesday. Uh, it not that a little bit quick? But all of this is happening in an environment where companies have to limit the damage from these cases. In this case, the word is that Vanity Fair was working on a story about Lauer, and I guess NBC wanted to get ahead of it. Um, And I understand that all kinds of news organizations are looking at powerful men to see what they can dig up. Now, a sea change in attitudes towards harassment and assault is probably a very good thing. But uh, this is starting to seem to me like the kind of purge that you see after a revolution where the powerful go from, you know, quote, getting away with murder to the guillotine. So my problem with some of it is that it can conflate serious things like assault uh, with far less serious uh, incidents or, or incidents where uh, the lines about what consent can be very, very blurred. I wrote a column on this in Zoomer magazine, and it also is getting a lot of response. And I'm assuming that our audience has a lot to say about this, so let me give the numbers out. 416-360-0740, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Right now we are going to Ari Goldkind who is a lawyer and Jennifer Mathers McHenry who is an employment lawyer and she is the originator of the latest viral hashtag which is after me too. Welcome thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Okay, so Ari, what do you make of this? It does seem to be very quick.
2: It does seem to be very quick, and I have sort of a, a bunch of different thoughts about it, which is you fire a guy, and again, I'm not saying I'm going to convince anybody that I'm right. You fire a guy that for 20 years has never had a complaint about him. He is also the reason everybody in that building has a job. If you look at the economics of the Today Show, he is basically their sole moneymaker. Now, do I think that if he did whatever heinous thing he's apparently accused of doing, And if he did it in the workplace and abused his power, and the accuser is telling the truth, do I have any issue with NBC terminating him, whether he's famous or not, or any other manager or position of power? No, I really don't. The problem that I have is when these things happen in one day, and I'll conclude here, obviously you have another guest. To me, this is as much of a PR exercise to get out in front of a New York Times and Vanity Fair article as it is a legal one, because to me, there's one thing with firing him and issuing a statement that says, we've received a complaint, as a result of that complaint, we're terminating Matt Lauer effectively, we'll have no further comment, and let Vanity Fair do whatever they want. What NBC done has not only terminated him, they have turned him into today's version of Harvey Weinstein or Kevin Spacey, and I only wonder if tomorrow Tom Hanks is next. I just don't like this idea that we ship everybody off the island without giving them a fair shake. But, Libby, we don't know what went on behind closed doors yesterday.
1: Yeah, and uh, before we go to uh, Jennifer Mathers McHenry, uh, it's, it's worth saying that basically um, in terms of employment – Uh, especially in the States, Uh, you can fire anybody for any reason. They're under contract. You just have to pay out the contract. I mean, usually they get fired for bad ratings. Uh, Jennifer, what do you make of this?
3: Well, I mean, you're exactly right. You can fire anybody for any reason, but you also cannot... Engage in an investigation that is done in bad faith. You cannot as an employer come forward and say well We've been given an allegation. We're going to act on it We're not going to bother looking into it and in the process. We're going to destroy your reputation So that's really what remains to be seen with respect to Matt Lauer in particular Was there enough to justify his termination? I expect that if there wasn't They will be hearing from his counsel and they will be taking a close look at what his contract requires certainly in Canada you know you there there are protections in place for employees and you can't fire people in this exact way uh... without a, a material investigation and a, and a good faith belief in the need to terminate. Well, th-
1: there's also a thing in most of those contracts. I, I worked in the states a long mm-hmm. time ago, and it's uh, they call it a morals clause. Yeah, and those are here too, though. Yeah, yeah they uh, well, some have them here too, and and it basically means that if you do anything that brings uh, shame or a bad reputation onto the company, you can you can be
2: toasted for that too. and Libby, there's an interesting point there, too, because one of the things that I think is completely missing from this story, and maybe it's my defense lawyer. I deal with people who make false allegations in criminal court all the time. I don't believe in hashtags, no offense. One of the things that concerns me is I don't know what Matt Lauer has said about this. If Matt Lauer went into NBC yesterday or spoke to Andy Lack, who runs NBC and who President Trump is tweeting all morning, Mr. Lack has his own issues. If Matt Lauer went in and said, I didn't do a thing, this is false. This becomes a much bigger concern to me. Now, if Matt Lauer went in yesterday and said, you know, I did it, I'm sorry for it, that's a very different fish. But your initial question would be was about due process. And my concern, and I'm not going to convince any of your listeners that I'm right. I know that. We are living in a day and age where all it takes is an accusation to bring anybody down, no findings in court, no no civil findings, that really concerns me. And it won't concern most listeners until it's you yourself who get accused of something you may not have done, not even a crime, and that discussion is not really being talked about because, again, no offense, we've gotten into this day and age where the second somebody is accused or there's a hashtag, we vote them off the island and i think that's a very sad and scary place mindful that men abusing power sexually or inappropriately is also a very scary place okay well, so we
3: either vote them off the island or we make them president of the united states it's one or the other <laughs> i'm not sure that everyone who has an allegation or, necessarily sees a license claim i
2: think my point was understood
3: or 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 make them a senator from uh yeah.
1: alabama but Don't um here, here's, here's something uh, that, you know, the, I think that there is a kind of fungible line where if a man in power um, shows an interest, a sexual interest, you know, I'm sure that there are plenty of, of women who might feel intimidated or who might feel like they have to. Um, and, and that's where uh, the line is, if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, but look look at generationally. I mean, I was just having a conversation with somebody, you know, in a certain demographic who said, you know, what I did 20 or 30 years ago, I would never do in this day and age as the CEO or manager or position of power. But if we're going to go around, and a lot of people will think this is fine, but we are now in a day and age. I mean, if you look at Charlie Rose, if you look at certain other people that have been brought down, they're being brought down for things that happened in the 90s or 2000s. It doesn't make them right. Again, I'm not going to convince anybody, but we're having a very different conversation today, and I'm not so sure there's a decent understanding between the sexes or the gender or the genders about what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. Although I say that a lot,'m I'm, I'm like, well, it shouldn't be that complicated. Everybody should know in their head by a decent moral code. You don't abuse power. you don't put women in awkward positions of groping or offering the things that you just said. Uh, Libby, but we are in a day and age again. And I think this is a bigger takeaway outside of Hollywood into the real world where what is the value of an untested allegation and lives are destroyed. And I just always am worried about lives being destroyed before we know whether or not they should be destroyed.
1: Well, uh, exactly. And, and again, you know, I'm, I worry about the, you know, the equivalency being made. I mean, we all heard about George Bush groping people in a photo right. op behind his wheelchair. Now, first of all, he's of an age where you know that that could be dementia. For, for goodness' sake, on yeah. Heard. Don't and you know I can tell you that that happened to me with a uh, sports star once, and it made me furious. But you know I wouldn't want to prosecute because of it. I, what I should have done at the time, you, you're kind of speechless uh, was called him out, you know, on the spot with lots of people watching. but but beyond that, uh, you know, um, you know what
2: I'm saying? <laughs> I do, but I don't want to touch the whole segment, but I, I have a very strong concern about the fact that we're lumping in harassers or people who act inappropriately with, for example, a Harvey Weinstein, who may have raped people. And I just have a real concern when I open up the New York Times movie. I'm not talking about Twitter, which I think is anti-social media, no offense, and has made the world the worst place. When I open up the New York Times and hear that somebody not in a position of power necessarily is getting fired or in trouble for making unwanted sexual advances, I'm not talking about harassment. I'm not talking about touching or groping. unwanted sexual advances. It makes me think out loud that we're not having a conversation here that really reflects human beings and the complexity of human behavior.
1: Yeah, I I want to get Jennifer in, but uh, an advance you can say no to. There there was a case, um, I forget if it was last year or before, where someone was kicked out of the Liberal caucus uh, because i he slept with somebody from another party, and she complained about it, and it sounded like well um he acted like a cat afterwards, yes, but that 's not a crime and and you know a grown woman consenting and and then deciding that it was a bad choice uh because the guy was doing something inappropriate um you know i don 't i don 't I don't know about you know. Is that an appropriate consequence? Jennifer?
3: I don't know the details of that case, so I can't comment on it, but I would say that I don't see the sky falling here to quite the same degree that Ari does. I I don't actually see a lot of people going up in flames by virtue of an untested accusation. I mean, even assuming that someone is fired on on the basis of an untested accusation assumes that companies have that guillotine at the ready, and in my experience, they do not. Uh, There are people who are investigating. They are looking at these things on a balance of probabilities. We're not tossing people in prison for unwanted sexual advances. None of that's happening. Um, And and, you know, I don't think that this sort of slippery slope that people are are suggesting exists in fact does. I think that we do have a range of consequences available, some of which involve losing one's job, some of which involve prison. And those are two very different things. Uh, And the, the test and the legal test for, for meeting the ability to visit those consequences upon someone are vastly different for a reason. Um, so I, I don't I don't actually think the sky is falling as a result of the fact that we've got a hashtag on the go. And, and what is your
1: hashtag after Me Too? Just uh, give me a sense of what that's about.
3: You know, I mean, the, the idea behind After Me Too is that, is that what Me Too has, I think, highlighted for us is the pervasiveness uh, of sexual assault and sexual harassment in the workplace specifically. It began in the entertainment industry, so people paid attention. Um, but the, the Me Too uh, movement, uh, which was started long before Weinstein, uh, actually shows us how utterly pervasive it is. And if it is that pervasive, there is a problem. That is symptomatic of a problem. Uh, and so the question is, well, what do we do about the fact that we now know it's pervasive? Do we have a tipping point? And I think we may. We're seeing that sea change, as you described it. And if we've got a tipping point, we should seize the momentum, and we should figure out how to make things better.
1: Um, Ari, what, do, you see, do you see this as a tipping point, and maybe we're in kind of the excess uh, portion of it?
2: I do, but again, if the allegations are true, the chips will always fall where they may. But Jennifer, who I will respectfully disagree with here, said we now know that sexual assault in the workplace is pervasive. I, that is not a fact. We know that sexual harassment and the abuse of power and sexual dynamics and promotions have always been part of it, whether you work at a car dealership and your idiot manager pats you on the behind. Now, if Jennifer or others want to call that sexual assault, that's fine.
3: The I call it sexual Al- harassment, which is what I said was pervasive in the workplace. No,
2: no, no, you actually didn't because I was writing down
1: what okay,
3: you said. Okay, okay, so, let's way, call
1: it harassment.
2: Right. If it's assault, that's a very different fish. And yes. when it comes to harassment, I think there's a tipping point. But the real takeaway for me, Libby, is we can keep looking at Matt Lauer and Weinstein and Spacey and Charlie Rose. What's more important to me is will this sort of permeate down to regular non-celebrity workplaces where some idiot male manager who's 62 years old and always thinks it's okay to kiss a woman good morning who doesn't want it and clearly is going along with it because she's fired. Some unknown woman working at Walmart whose manager pats her on the behind. I'm much more interested in this permeating down. So that no woman, no daughter, no sister has to deal with some creep who's never going to end up in the New York Times, who's never going to end up being outed or famous. If that behavior changes, I think this is all well worth it.
3: Jennifer? Well, and I think that's exactly the point. Uh, I think that we're paying more attention right now because it's Harvey Weinstein and it's Matt Lauer. And I think that's great because you've got people's attention. So now the question is, if sexual harassment is endemic and is pervasive, and I would suggest to you based on my experience it absolutely is in many, many workplaces and in many industries, then why don't we take this as an opportunity to take a look at why we have allowed that pervasiveness to exist for as long as we have, why there have been no real consequences for the perpetrators, and how we provide people who are victims of that harassment with real access to justice. Uh, And whether that is access through the court system, whether that is access through HR, whether that is simply a means of making sure that women do not leave professions in droves as a result of their inability to cope with the day-to-day harassment, I don't know. I think it's probably a multifaceted solution, and I think that's what we need to be looking at. Well, and I also
1: think sending a message, because I know I've encountered men who think the fact that they are in a position of power makes them attractive. Mm -hmm. So, uh, So if this is going to get it through their thick skulls, that no, it doesn't, not necessarily, uh, that's probably a good thing.
3: Well, and if it makes them so attractive, they should probably use that advantage on people who are interested and willing rather than on their subordinates.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I think all of this, it's part of the piece, you know, what we see going on on college campuses, that, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of guys are... are very convinced uh, or unclear about what constitutes a yes. Ari?
2: I think that's fair and probably longer than I can spend on it as somebody who deals with this every day in the court and I have to run back into court. But I'll just give you something quick because your audience is an audience of readers and I thought there was a really interesting piece of this story yesterday. If anybody's read Harry Potter, and that number is in the millions and millions, Johnny Depp, there was a big scandal story yesterday that they've cast him in a sequel called Fantastic Beasts, and there's this Twitter outcry that he shouldn't be cast ever again in Hollywood because Amber Heard, this ties into Jennifer's point about the difference between real prison and job prison, because Amber Heard made an allegation against him in their divorce. Well, again, are we now going to live in a world where a movie company cannot hire an actor who is being convicted of nothing, because we're so busy as a society convicting somebody based on an allegation. So while it's not real prison and the, and the bars aren't being locked, I'm sorry. You take somebody's livelihood away, the inability to feed their family, get a paycheck, raise their kids with a roof over their head. I'm not talking Johnny Depp necessarily. But we're getting into some dangerous territory where there's a real toll on human lives, and I just never want to see things or people, as much as some could say a joke, being thrown off the island when they don't deserve it.
1: Okay. Um, I think that about uh, sums it all up. Uh, thanks very much to Ari Goldkind and to Jennifer Mathers McHenry. Thank you both. Thank you, Libby. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, and uh, we are going to take a quick break when we come back, we're going to be talking about the new and current ride program, which is underway and which this year is going to target people who are high. And we're going to talk about how uh, officers test that because uh, there is a widespread belief that uh, they can't. And I want to hear from you on this and other subjects. The numbers to call before we go to break. 416-360-0740. Toll free one 866 740 740 And we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.